Welcome to the Abundance Matrix Underground Podcast. Get ready to go behind the scenes with Amanda Flaker and listen in on private conversations she's had with powerful creators who are building the new world, as well as her thoughts on the Abundance Matrix. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Abundance Matrix Underground Podcast. If you're new here, this is a place where I share snippets of conversations, sometimes long snippets of conversations that I've had with other empath entrepreneurs around the world. So for those of you who don't know, I've been working with empath entrepreneurs for the last 10 years. And in the last two to three years, have been collaborating a lot with other empath entrepreneurs, and I've been sharing some of those conversations. So today's conversation is with Claudia Catarucci, and she is someone who's been around in my stuff for a while in, in my workshops, and she and I have worked together. And more recently, we have been collaborating and mainly really having a lot of conversations around specifically because both of us are in the process of rebranding our, our, our companies and specifically around the human intimacy that is often left out in the bigger narrative and especially in marketing and branding. So I know this is a hot conversation that a lot of people are talking about. How do we bring more intimacy into the way we do business? And Claudia is brilliant in this aspect. She is a trauma-informed psychotherapist that has had a private practice in Washington, D.C. for the last 23 years. She is incredibly multidimensional. She works with multicultural people, and her, her approach is all about human intimacy and the dynamic energy that we can access when we connect with our humanity. She's currently launching her own therapy modality called Dynamic Re-Evolution. So it's all about human intimacy. And this conversation in particular, like most conversations I share, wasn't necessarily intending to put on the podcast. So usually with these conversations, we just always record them for our own notes. And every once in a while, I just think these are this conversation... I think so many others would resonate with it. And this happens to be one of those conversations. It is a very intimate conversation. Um, we are, we're, we're both just sharing our love for each other and our ideas and our, our, um, urge. So it is my urge that this conversation will spark an anomaly for you, especially if you are an entrepreneur, especially if you're empathic and sensitive and just that permission to know that you can do it different. So without further ado, let's talk abundance. And there's something about feeling that each person there can hold the space. Yes. Ooh, I'm getting the chills. It's like, it's so fiercely co-creative. Yep. Um. And so respectful. For some reason, I just got Bianca. And Bianca is like the silent mystery member. But but even her, it's like every person's role. I mean, that's like what the Marvel characters like are made of. Yep. That was the 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 X-Men, right? Like each person's gift and role is so essential, respected, held sacred. And they, each one is sovereign. I think yes. part of it is that we're, 
we're each so sovereign. Um, there's so much respect. Uh, respect is so important to me, Amanda. Sometimes not more than love, but somewhat. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. something so, so important. I've really held on to this. Like when you divorce someone, staying respectful. When you disagree with someone, staying respectful yeah. is everything. Yes. Right. When you spar. That's why it's so beautiful to see martial arts and they all, there's so much honor and sacredness and respect of differences or of power or of prowess. But anyway. Yes. Well, no, you're tapping into, to me, the grid of co-creators when we're in community, like this is the resonance of the grid that creates heaven on earth, that is creating heaven on earth, that is the renaissance. It's made up of those ingredients that you're talking about. Yes. Remember how in our last call, I, and I, I, I wrote it down and it's so important. I feel like we need to connect, like talk about it more and more is the ingredients Yes, you said it. You said it. The ingredients. Yeah, yeah. I always say ingredients because it's. I, I don't. I don't even know what other word to give it, but because it's perfect, isn't it? Like perfect. The ingredients. The ingredients. Like, right. So when I'm talking about Timothy Chalamet, I'm. 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 I'm like mining, the ingredients yes. of what's happening there. Like, for me to be so lit up is is. What are those ingredients that are happening? Um, for example, in that movie, the parents were key. They were so loving and respectful and kind. And it's like, oh, those are heaven on earth parents. Mm-hmm. Um, just so respectful of, of all of it, of, of the process of, his self-discovery of the parents were so important. Um, Remind me the name again. I need to yeah. see this movie. Call me by your name. Call me by your name. Yeah. Call me by your name. And because um, it wasn't just Timothy Chalamet. It was Timothy Chalamet in this movie. Mm. And it's, it's rocked the world. Right. And I, I, so there's something so ingredients okay hold on hold on on. let's get back one of the first ones you said was ease ease is at the center ease ease is the exact center ease ease is at the exact center all the other ingredients are around it like so abundance has ease as its core ingredient. Mm-hmm. Which is why something that came to me the other day, and I said it in, in the video I shared in the group, which is that we can measure the amount of lack we're carrying in our resonance by the amount of anxiety we're carrying in our body. We can measure the amount of lack. We can measure the amount of lack we're carrying in our resonance. Uh-huh. So it's so the flip of it's true too. We can we can measure the amount 
of abundance we're carrying in our resonance by how much ease we're carrying in our vessel, in our body. Oh, hold on. We can measure the amount of lack. Isn't it funny? It's like scripture. Mm -hmm. It feels abstract and you've got to keep like, we can measure the amount of lack that we carry in our resonance by the amount or it's equal. Say it again. By the amount of that, that part that you're on, by the amount of anxiety we're carrying in our body. And the interesting thing about anxiety and ease is that they both involve our thoughts, our mind, like the, the lens we're viewing and giving meaning about everything that's happening through. It's because shifting the anxiety is actually shifting how we're looking at things, not shifting the way things look. I want to say something like thoughts are the currency then, but, but it's not currency. Thoughts are the, it's like the propeller. Keep going. Yeah. Like it's almost like the laser, like the thoughts that we're carrying will determine either state Mm. so what is thought it's like what I saw when you were talking is it's like it it builds the road it's like the road it's it paves the way you're gonna like it paves the road that you're gonna travel on and that road can be full of potholes and dangerous and cliffs and like and you know like I think the or they can be smooth and that this is connected to psychic preference this is the place where most of us don't realize we have a will and because this is where all the shadow contracts are it's where all this unconscious stuff we do from our trauma happens so we don't realize the agreements we're actually making with the energy around us because we're not communing with the energy around us we're in resistance to it or fear of it mm-hmm. and it's connected to the hierarchy and the elitist game well right because so that game is psychological at its core correct we're, we're born into the program right we're born into the system of thought each of us mm-hmm. we're all we all are born with systems of thought which is the program and it's generally lack, 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 lack. Even when you said that, like I could feel in my signal, it, it got like staticky, like the word lack every time. For some reason, every time we've said it in this conversation, I felt the resonance of it and, and the difference between even the word, how it feels in my central nervous system and in my chemical composure versus the word abundance and, and abundance has its own weird charge because anywhere where we don't feel abundant will come up. You know, Mm -hmm. this is where language is so important in the craft. Well, that's why honing in on ease is like even more. 
strategic. Correct. It's it's more fine tuned. Mm-hmm. It's right. It's like that's why I feel like oh ease. Mm-hmm. And ease isn't always about money, right? Go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, that's the thing that I I think the number one thing I've realized through this part of my life and my career, if you can call it that, I would say the last 10 years, it would be hard for me to even, I feel like what I was honing was the art of manifestation. And what I realized is that, yes, there's a way to, to kind of play with the game and manifest money but often a lot of those ways entangle us deeper in lack psychologically yes so the psychological unconscious agreements that we're making often when we're in the pursuit of money if they're if it's coming from that belief that there's not enough and i have to sacrifice in order to get it i'm i'm actually more deeply entangling myself in psychological to me it feels like hell and as as I that's the one thing I honed in on was like whoa it's I think it's why I didn't jump multiple times when I could have just like got on a like oh put your course in this kind of system and charge these amounts for or be a high-priced coach or whatever not that those things are wrong or bad or not, but something in me was always like, yeah, I could see I could do that. But something was like, I don't know why I want to purge when I think of like, I'm having a visceral, something like, do not do that for me. And it's connected to this because I could see now that I know everything that's happened. And especially the last two years, if I had been at that bounce level where I could have easily went. And that's often what happens, I think happens to people that get catapulted into money or catapulted into success without the psychological maturity of how that game works, like the lack game of money works. I mean, holy shit. It's like, I'm realizing it truly is like, this is a world of magicians and the ones who are the most powerful are the ones who get this stuff not the ones who have the most money. Often, because of, oh, going back to your abundance, when you said, what is, what did you ask? The question specifically that you said, what are the ingredients? But you said, hold on. I, I can't pinpoint the exact words you use, but it, it's right around that entanglement that we, that we get into psychologically when we believe we have to sacrifice. Well, I guess where I was like, not stuck, but like I, I sort of landed there was, I think the gift or when I experienced you was there's, there was, you really, really put language to that non-urge around the way normal business or marketing or entrepreneurship is done mm. for me. Yeah. Because I, I'm not sure all of us, but 
yes, me. And you, you, now that you know me, you can feel me like, can you imagine me trying to like sell myself, let's say, or, or, um, meaning it's, it's so, um, that when you put language that that is not how we can do it, the sort of the, the empath entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. like it, that it feels that it's not urge based. It's not authenticity based. It's not, um, it's so funny because the empath is tends to lean to what other people want, but with this, it, it feels like the exact opposite. Yeah. It, it feels like I can't go by what they want. I got to go by what I give. Yeah. Well, um, and that's, I think at an instinctual level, at, a, at what I've realized is at a deep, for me, a psychic instinct that's connected to psychological safety. It's like something in me just... I, I, Rachel the other day told me, she said, I think that you, with your mom dying, you opened up such an, you, you, you opened up so much of that, those senses that it's, I, I can see how in this realm of being public, it has actually protected me because it's something in that it's connected to that, the instinctual psychic feeling of this is in slate. There's something it's the shadow contract thing. There's something that I can't see. And it doesn't mean it's true for everyone, but for me, it was because my own psychology knew for me, that wasn't the, the path, but something about, I remember even feeling obligated when when I, a couple people that I resonated with, like coaches who did things like, like we do when I wanted to work with them and then they wanted to get on a call and then I knew it was a sales call. And I just, I was like, I don't want to do it. Like all of it feels yucky to me. I don't, there was something about it that instinctually was just like, I, 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 I think for some people who are able to I don't know who that model just, they know authentically that it works for. And that's the model they actually want. Cause I think there's people who really fit well with that model, but there's something about impacts and it's connected to this, what we were talking about at the beginning of the call that we have very, very, very specific kind of genius gifts that we often don't even see until we're working with other impacts until we're seeing a reflection you know what I mean? Like, and, and that comes from honing our preference so much, but right down to, I realize I don't want to be on the phone with people and the people I've been working with, cause I'm working with impacts are like, yeah, I don't want to do sessions on the phone. Like the tech is too much for me. I would much rather have you just record a video for me. Like that kind of a match at that level where it's that kind of a true win-win. It's almost like if we don't get so primally instinctively preferential in our psychic grid, we will always be vulnerable to that, um, that obligation energy that feels deeply enslaving. Even when we're doing something for us. I feel like it has something to do with intimacy, but you know, 
I think that's one of my geniuses, right? Like, like the moment when you describe that whole sales call thing, it's like, all of a sudden it becomes so non-intimate. Like there's something, and it's so funny because it's, it's also based with urge. Like, cause I will totally buy shit. I'm so aware that uh, over here, I'm like, oh, I don't have the money for that. And then over here, I'm like, oh, I'm so paying for that. Yep. Right. Like, yep. <laughs> like it's all based on like intimate urge. It's all based on, on feeling it on, on. So I think the moment there's a sales call piece is that it just feels like all of a sudden we're like this yeah you're well and for me it was like I know that you're in on one level you're seeing if you want to work with me but I I know because I work with coaches that do these things that I had that I was helping because they resonated with what I said and they were like these I've spent literally thousands of dollars thousands some people up to like upward of like 150 to $500,000 on these programs that want to sell you these, you know, coach in a box methods. And that, and it goes back to that masculine sales, hard drive energy that again, not wrong for some people who they're like, yes, I want to coach like that. Yes. I love this. Yes. They like it works, but I'm speaking specifically a lot of empath entrepreneurs or healers or gifted people will often like, we just, that's the model that's so out there and shown to everyone that you think, oh, if I, I guess I have to do it that way. And I've worked with so many empath entrepreneurs who have struggled so deeply with that. And that I think that all I've done is just not done it. I have, I'm now I'm figuring out how to be smooth in what my algorithm was. So it felt very unprofessional to me in the, and I always sort of struggled with that. So I was like, well, whatever it's, I'm just, I, I, all I know is I don't want to do any of that. So, but I still want to show up and talk. So I'll do that until I figure out how, how, what my business is. So it's almost like first I just put the message out then the business created itself around me. And the flip side is like, spend all the money creating the business, but you may not have even figured out what your message is. And sometimes you don't even know until you just start and, and that's connected to urge. Or you keep feeling what the audience wants versus what you. It's almost like. I mean, I feel like I keep showing up with what I want to give. And so. And I think that's that was you. Mm -hmm. Like you just kept showing up with like. These are my insights, musings, discoveries, reflections. I mean, I think you are complete proof. That resonance exists. Yeah. How about this one? Make it three minutes and you go on for an hour and 15 and it's what and and. In some ways, yeah, there's some people I don't want to listen to for an hour and 15 or an hour and a half. With you, I feel like, oh, it's like that movie that you don't want to end. 
So it's really, really interesting, isn't it? Like, it's really interesting. Yep. Yeah, it's like all the things that they, that in the marketing world say to do for people like me, they just didn't didn't feel well, even right down to the short thing. Like I naturally go on and on. Now I'm going to do like on YouTube, my plan is to just do like short clips so that people interested and they want to go deeper, they can click on the podcast or click on the video that's on a different platform. You know what I mean? But regardless, I think that but that also in some way feels good. The times that that feels good to me, because I, I, I actually like to go really explain mm-hmm. the times that that the short feels good to me is that I don't have the pressure. To like make it perfect in some way, it's like, yep. I'm going to share with you this thought. Mm-hmm. And that feels really easy. It feels like urge. It feels so, it feels like urge. I'm sharing this thought. Yep. Um, it's almost like that. I either want to share a thought that's short or I want to really, really, really deep dive. Yeah. Um, and you've got that. Yeah. Like you've got that and you really have proven it. Well, and I'm realizing now we can have a container that works well for us. And it, and the container has to like how we talked about, it's like the womb. It's got to move and make space for us to grow and become what we are. If the container is too systematized, it's going to enslave us. We're going to out, like, it's going to or confine us, you know, or hold, or hold us back. It's so true. Like I'm really with sort of having this marketing team, right. Where I've like been writhing, but the one thing that's really working for me in many ways and timeline leaping is that it's all me. It's Claudia Cattarucci. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. my story. It's me being more bold and authentic. And it's a little scary because it, it moves out of psychotherapist. Um, and where I'm always navigating with them is, is that whole marketing thing. Remember, I told you about it, like corporate wellness. Mm -hmm. I had to make it mine. I had to make it human intimacy because otherwise it was going to be right. But it's, it's, it's the dance between that 3d world and what they're wanting. And the one thing that's working for me is that it's time for me to show up in my, in, you know, my name is Maria Claudia. I'm from Chiang Mai, Thailand type Mm -hmm. of what I, the work I've done in the groups with you. Um, But it's tricky to have a marketing team in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, for me, even a big part of it was that also it's so intimate and vulnerable to if someone's going to market help you market yourself they've got to know your essence so it needs to be intimate from the from the get-go for me the lack of intimacy in marketing is exactly why I never even trusted it and therefore was like I can't go I I have zero interest and zero urge to go to a traditional marketer but my sister has been she's doing marketing she's been doing marketing for years and in the beginning of what I was doing she was more new in it 
and, um, and just learning. And so she was learning from the box in and she and I have had so many conversations because what she's got at a core level from talking to me is that you have like, not just from talking to me, she also instinctually knew it, but it's interesting because we we were unraveling that code and she's starting to apply the code in, in her, she works with huge companies, you know, but still she's having massive, massive, massive results and they're growing so fast. And it's, she's, she said she does it like any other, she doesn't do it like any other marketer, even like one of her clients, she had them just send out an email with their original people that they had, that had invested in them. And just like a, thank you. I just want you guys to know how much I've grown and you're, and you're a part of it. And the other marketing team and the other company argued with her over and over and was like, but you need to have a call to action. You need to actually then show them something you have. And she's like, no, this, there's nothing attached to this other than to truly let them know, thank you, reaching out to your core people and letting them thank you because of your investment in me, this is how far we've grown. And it's true. She said they got so much more feedback of people actually responding genuinely back. Like, wow, it's so good to hear where you guys have been. And it, it opened it up, it opened up intimacy. And I think that the marketing urgency and like, here's your last chance to get this. Here's the da 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 like this. It's just, it's full of lack and it just, um, it feels grabby and without intimacy. <laughs> and, and intimacy is authenticity, right? The yes. so if ease is at the center of abundance. Oh, my love. Okay, ready? Authenticity is at the center of intimacy. Okay, 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 Amanda. This this brings all of what we do. And that's so, it feels so dangerous. It feels so terrifying. So marketers know this. And if like the actors who come across as the realist are the ones that are fucking blowing the shit up. Yep. Because it's resonance. Correct. It's true resonance. Correct. It's not mimic. Because if we're not authentic, we're in mimic. It's not mimic. Such a great word. That was so... I, I just have relished in tracking my life, Amanda. I do that all the time. I track, I track, I track, I track. And I love just tracking all the moments in my life where I couldn't do mimic, where I never mimicked. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's dangerous. So let's talk about, so marketers know this, but at the same time, they're trying to push you to mimic that authentic person. Right. (laughs) And you're like, no. Not only that, the bigger a a company gets and the more the bottom line becomes the main thing. And, oh, these things worked before. So push, push, push. Like that's what gets lost is the intimacy. Getting too much on these, these deeply, um, predictable algorithms it's a it's part of numbing our urge those algorithms I remember that's one thing that Rachel said in one of the recordings we did is that urge urge always wants new it you know it's like it 
it, <coughs> it urges for new. It rarely wants the same thing over and over. I know. That's so validating to me. Mm-hmm. Urge has surprise, right, Amanda? Like for me, it's like ah, that new feeling, that new feeling that, um, Cause, cause it surprises new surprises. It's like, Whoa, what was that? That's why it's so thrilling and exciting. Well, and it keeps, it keeps like our senses awake. Yes. Recently I've noticed how when I, when I'm in nature, specifically at times that are really polarizing, like my favorite times to hike or early in the morning or on the first snow or at sunset or Mm. in in the snow, specifically times when like most people wouldn't go, but Mm. those are the times where there's so much aliveness and and energy and polarity that I feel alive again. And, and just like feeling the cold on my cheeks and the, the warm inside my body from hiking and just the that piercing blue sky after it snows and then white on the trees that like literally sparkle it feels I'm like oh yeah this is glistens it glistens it glistens glistens. it's just definitely silent and you can smell it like talk about all the senses coming alive Mm. Something about numbing out. That's what happens when we are in mimic too long. We numb out. Oh, man, I just love this with you because I just feel like so, so my whole thing with like when people say, you know, even as a therapist, like I always say, listen, my take on depression is it's, it's your, it's your authentic self trying to get your attention. Mm-hmm. What happens in the muggle world is everyone goes like with clinical depression and anti I'm like, no, listen to it. Listen. What's it saying? Mm-hmm. What's heavy? And usually it's the nine to five. It's the loveless marriage. It's, it's all of that, that mimic program, like use depression as a beautiful call out, right? Like, and so it actually reframes the whole thing. Yes. Let's look at this as an act of revolution. What is the revolution? Yeah. Right. And again, you know, using your language, these are all like, it's drowning in mimic, whether it's depression or suicidality, it's drowning in mimic Mm -hmm. is, is, is truly what's happening. And my take on anxiety as a clinician too, is like, you're not feeling something. What's up? Let's feel because all that energy is is taking a lot of space in your body. So let's, what, where are you not crying? Where are you not sexing? Where are you not loving? Like what, let's, what feelings are, are, but I think it's all about mimic all, all, all about a call out of mimic. 
Well, and you know what's to me fascinating about mimic is that what you're talking about right now is what we were talking about at the beginning of this call, which is that our thoughts, like the per, the beliefs and the perspective we're looking at our experience through is the lens that if we shift that lens or if we even understand what that, like, what is this story? What is this lens I'm looking through? Why am I looking through this lens? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. that energy. That's that space. I think yes. it's where we start to realize how much our thoughts and our beliefs play into this and yes. where mimic comes in to me is so much of our beliefs come from what we've been told to believe. And, and mm-hmm. also I, there's something in there about authenticity, like you talked about. Mm-hmm. I know that for me, like when I started listening to the voice, because you've heard me say it, and I and people who've who've oh, listened yeah. to me know that I I was definitely in that place. I literally said to the universe, "I don't care if I die. I literally don't care. Take me out or give me a purpose." But I, it was a fuck no to me. Like I will, I didn't. I knew because I had because I have people that I love that have taken their life. I knew the only reason I didn't do it is because I didn't want to leave. Like I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to do that to anybody I loved. Sure. So I didn't, I didn't want to create and for my family specifically that vibration again. So I was like, but I told, I told God, I told the universe. I was like, I'm not doing a fucking thing at all. I will sit here and die until you give me a purpose, but I refuse to continue in this space. And I had to go, I went into all probably some deep, intense, uncomfortable beliefs that I had real realizations that I had. I realized I had so much resentment. I also realized a lot of the resentment wasn't even mine. It was my mom's. I realized that there, I, there was, it, it, and then my grandma's like that, that line specifically between my mom and her mom. And, and like the deeper I've gone into my healing, I realized in my molecular structure, I held some, I held that, that line of resentment and I, and I'm transmuting it. And so many of us are, and even that, like the, the reality, the literal scientific reality of the fact that we were in our grandma's wombs. And there is that connection. And this is, this is connected to story and, and where we're doing, I think the deepest amount of work is in our DNA. So we have to change the story and we can't change the story until we actually know what it is. What do I actually believe? Right. Because so much of what I thought I believed, I was just regurgitating what I was told I believed but when I got to my actual beliefs I was like holy shit I have some dark beliefs well and I'm really with like thank you Amanda like your act of revolution like I just I'm so filled with gratitude Like you're a true revolutionary in that way. And I really believe it. I use that language on purpose. Like that was just a fucking huge revolution. Re-evolution. Re-evolution. You know, that's the name of my new thing is dynamic re-evolution. Well, and something about how I wouldn't get it, it, but I love how you do the lowercase E and then the uppercase, I mean, the lowercase R and the uppercase E, 
I, I it was the literally seen it every time it's a it's definitely magic because it it undoes a code or it like Correct. it makes me aware of a code and that's that's magic right there to become aware of a code that those sleeping codes inside of us yes because why do we have a trigger with the word revolution right but when we see it that way And you are true revolutionary. Like you are revolutionary. You are so sovereign in revolution. Re-evolution. I mean, seriously. The most powerful sensation I had about you was... The fucking call to arms. Like, thank you. I'm so glad. Right? It's sort of like, um, what's that Mel Gibson movie? Where, you know, like, where he's like the Revolutionary War one? Yeah, like where he's like a Scottish, he's a Braveheart. Yeah, that's what's, yeah. But it's literally like you were like, I'll die. Because I think that's what revolutionaries do. Like, fuck, I'd rather die than submit. And in your case, to submit to my ancestry, submit to whatever it is, submit to this life. Mm -hmm. I'd rather die. I'd rather not. Okay, 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 okay. Because something about this, like, all right, all right. I mean, I have such sweet memories, you know, of falling in love with you. You know, and I love talk. you know, I'm the type of intimacy person where I just want to talk about it like that. Well, I love it because you're the only, like, you do it in the most, like, authentic way that I've I've never, no one else has ever done. So I, and I love, actually, I'm so curious sometimes about how, people find me or when they yes. me because it's it's synchronistic and I asked it to be synchronistic yes. from the beginning yes like that it's such a it's such a I love that story I want to track that because because you are proof of resonance see I love tracking proof personally yeah I love tracking proof of all of this, like, I just love it, of urge, of non-mimic, of empath nature, of, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, of course, of course, yeah. of, of you, of you, I, I want to track how people met you, and, and, and for me, and my love story with you, and, you know, we're going to talk about it forever, because, because it's just so fun to talk about when you fall in love with someone it's like it was so pure Mm -hmm. right it was pure it was it was everything I want to feel when falling in love it was surprising um I sort of have these experiences where I'm not paying attention to someone Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then I'm like what Mm -hmm. I'll see something where I'm like Whole, my surprise thing right mm-hmm. my surprise thing where I'm like Holy fuck. like I just love that feeling Amanda because because then I fall hard <laughs> that's 
in my empath nature and my intensity, I need to fall. I need it to be like that, where I'm just like, holy shit. And it's something mysterious. It's something. So that's what I mean. Like I kept seeing these videos of this and, you know, thank you for being so kind about where I was like, who is this white girl? like you were so white girl to me and of course for me now you're so colorful you're so juicy and I mean although white is part of the Crayola box so I'm not I'm not ever even no I love when you said that to me honestly it was the first time anyone has ever said anything like that to me and I loved it because I I I maybe it sounds stranger I'm just I was raised in such a bubble or whatever it is it's just the authentic truth no one's no one's ever referred to me as like a white girl, <laughs> even though I'm sure they have a million times. Like I just never to me directly. <laughs> I know. Right. It sort of puts us in like our, like you, fr- from that you get really my own color, right? Like yeah, I you love really it. are aware that I do gauge, like there is a part of me that gauges color, I guess, or, um, but as you know me more, you'll, you know, that color means so many things, right? Like, yeah. um, color, color is this is expression is intensity is, um, I mean, let, let's have one day where we just talk about colorfulness and why that got like, why that was so threatening, right? Beat and expression and which is so in people of color. And it's like, resonance. It's the same thing we've been talking about this whole time. It's when the a resonance becomes very clear and, and potent and it's, it's part of art. I think that there's yes. something we talked about at the very beginning of this call, like why, like the vibrant colors that, that yes. we're drawn to, like all the really vibrant kind of polarized colors in the rainbow. And the beat, right, Amanda? So much around beat. Yeah. So much around pulsation, dancing, um, had to be squashed. Like I really want to, I'm not, we're not, we're not sort of politically safe enough yet for me to truly talk about that. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm, 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 I'm amassing it. Yeah. Well, and I think this is, there's, there's such a, a deeper, richer, more fulfilling and expansive conversation to have about this and then then how it's often modeled to have a conversation about I, I, we need a word a word that really describes what not just not just diversity is but like everything about life is in all of the the infinite amount of ways that life expresses itself you know it's expression yeah it's expression and and I know like I'm gonna need some sort of because I'm gonna put it out there it's one of my talks one of my trainings is sort of my take on diversity and inclusion which I hate those words Mm -hmm. because they feel so mimicked to me now yeah Yeah. that's the problem with all of the language it's too it's too um, programmed because everyone's programmed those words with their own visceral experiences. And that's why they're so triggering. And at this point, they just feel like mimic. And they've all, they've also lost their, 
potent. They've lost it. They've They've lost lost it. it. It's lost any sort of meaning, any sort of thing that can really truly capture what we're trying to talk about when we're. Yeah, it it feels, it just feels cringy. The whole thing feels cringy to me. So I want to talk. That's why I'm actually coming out as saying I do not want to be called a person of color. Mm. It others me. I want to be called a colorful person. And that in itself just flips the whole thing. Yeah. It flips it like, because all of us then want to be colorful people, like all of us, everyone wants to be included in being a colorful person, but a person of color, it always feels for me like it's othering to me. And um, these these to me right here are some of the nuances and ways that we're slowing down and adjusting our language. It does matter. Going back to like creation and resonance words have a resonance that literally put us in the address so to speak of 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 where we're existing like and therefore what's going to be reflected back to us and how we're going to experience it so the words and the thoughts like this to me this is where we've where we've been talking the whole time is that that space that like our thoughts directing like being clear I, I keep for some reason Sagittarius I've never really thought much about Sagittarius, but the energy of Sagittarius feels so important right now. Like the, even the archetype of it, the mythology of it, the, the arrow, like shooting and pointing and hitting our mark. That to me is where like the level of resonance shifting and psychic etiquette and astral etiquette. And what is it? It's even deeper than that. Like a, a just beingness in our psychological space. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Cause you know, I'm a Sagittarius. Oh, really? Oh, duh. Though I did know that, but honestly, when I was just saying okay. that I completely forgot that you were a Sagittarius. Of yes. Of but course. let me tell you what I love. I love being half human, half beast. Yes. Cause that is exactly right. That's primal. It's one of the things I love the most. Yeah. Is I own that so much. It's like, yes, half human, half beast. It's primal, but it's, but Sagittarians, right, are so philosophical, so intellectual, so, and I think what's, when you're speaking to that, it's Renaissance. Exactly. Sagittarians are all about the whole the renaissance, the, the beauty of art, of beauty itself, of, but it's primal, that animal, that the bottom half just being that big old horse. Yeah. Oh, it's so regal too. Like I've just, I've just, and right. And the mark and the mark, it's like, yes, it is time for the renaissance. It's, it's, it's beautiful. Um, yes, yes, Amanda, it is almost like it's an Aquarian time, but it's like, no, it's a Sagittarian time. Sagittarius, right? It's, um, well, it almost feels like it's there. It's the, the subtle activation, like that spark that that's the nano spark. That's why it's like time, the Aquarian time, but it's like the nano spark in the in the water, even, you know, in the air, in, in like what we are, that that's, it's just like, Oh, something's in the air. Some, that, 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 that 
fire. Uh huh. Yes. And it's subtle because it's like, like a match, like bam. Yeah. And it creates, like, I think that in the past and in stories that we've been told, that fire often is like for the stories we've been told, the call, the war, like that kind of like that fire energy. And I think that what it feels like to me is happening is that fire feels like it's just purifying everything. It is all things. There's something about, there's something about it that feels like it's shedding a skin for us. And we're, we're just, we're just, we're just seen through. We're, see, we're becoming a resonance that's making us a match to something else. I'm really like also like really with our union, you and me. And and I had it as one of our things that I wanted to talk about, like our work together and how it's showing up. Isn't it funny how we're not we we went from like wanting to like show that episode, let's say. Mm-hmm. But it's like we're doing our episodes and then each of us goes and does our work, right? Like we take it. And we do it and we take it and we, we each are, are working, but your, it, our union is like, again, we've talked about it. It's like your mystery and cloaked and depth, which I love to come into, mm-hmm. right? The, that dark growing cave, we go spelunking and it's sensual and sexual and deep and vibrant. Um, and, and then, and then like what we're, what we're seeing is that, and then I have to like come out, I have to come out and, and like have this, this torch mm-hmm. of fire. Yep. Like do the torch. Yeah. And you um, are like, the, there's something about your, exactly because you're owning your story all of it mm-hmm. like even whatever you say after I am you know like that part of it and I remember when you said that in the group that was in the um the spell of astronomical abundance retreat yeah because yeah. that's the first time I'd really ever I think that was the first time I'd seen you like on ca- like that we had ever interacted like on camera Maybe, together. Yeah. Yeah. In yeah. That group. And I remember you said that your name, that you were owning your name and where you're from and the, even the way you said it and the, the, the anomaly that it did in my brain, I could feel the code you dropped and it just like, I've been like intrigued ever since that was when I fell in love with you. I was like, it was just like my ear went up, my cat ear, one ear went straight up, like what? And it was resonance. It was resonance. And that's the power of owning your story. Right. 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 And, and you know what, what's, it's been less scary, but it's, it's still scary is owning my Renaissance. Mm. What's been scary about my story is my Renaissance. What I want to, I would love to hear you describe your Renaissance. Like if you could give language to the res the resonance of your renaissance. It feels like I'm everything. 
it feels like I am so basic and down to earth and so cosmopolitan, Mm -hmm. like so street and so elegant. It feels like I'm steadfast like earth and highly intellectual like air and deeply emotional like water and fucking dynamic like fire like it really feels like I'm everything it it really does Amanda this first time I'm saying it I could only say this to you can you imagine I think I'll get there. I think I'll get there. But, you know, part of part of the shame was like, oh, I'm Colombian and I'm Italian and I was born in Thailand. And I've traveled and. You know, I've been with men and I've been with women and I've been and I've had trauma and I've recovered from trauma and. It just feels like my story is me coming out as everything. Yeah, it's like what I felt when you were saying, when you were saying what you are, what the resonance is, is that it, it's like the, it's an archetype. It is an archetype of a deep, that represents to me a deep healing of a trauma that like there's, there's so many micro and macro fractals of that trauma in human beings across the globe mm-hmm. and different variations of that exact, not just, not just the trauma of it, but also the, the, the um, expansiveness of it because of the travel, because of the, the um, what's the word I'm looking for? The rareness of it. Mm-hmm. There, there's, there's something about it. Again, remember how we talked about the principles of money, the things that make money and rareness is one of them. Ability to go anywhere easily travels, one of them. Uh, like how we were looking at how every aspect of that is our human and our human tech. But it is the rarity part, which is the most important part is connected to our story. And that's all mapped out fractally in the world. It has a resonance across the globe because there's especially the stories that have never been told or the ones that are not witnessed. You have, we haven't yet seen certain archetypes. So it's essential that they, they emerge. We get to be it all. We get to be um, whatever that is. Um, So I guess owning my story in my case is owning actually the bigger, the more cosmo part of me. That's interesting. Yeah. Cosmo. Like the cosmos. Cosmic resonance. It's connected to resonance. The cosmic aspects of us are both nano and like macro. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. I was, I was hitting my, that thalamus chakra, right. When I was saying the cosmic resonance, it makes me feel like it's, it's like there, it's right there, that energy. And remember how, um, Gaia yeah. in our groups sent me that information of how that chakra is connected. Yes. To yes. Is, it's right here. here. Yes. Is it right here? Right there. It's the unique The Yeah. This is the invincibility one, but yeah, that, that, which is, 
corresponds directly to our uniqueness. And those two together, what I saw is that it forms this like shield almost around us, but it's not a shield so much of protection. It's a shield of manifestation. It's the resonance that pulls things to us in the primal way in like the, the, in the body itself, the resonance that heals from the inside out. I'm going to need your fortress this way. Not your fortress. That's too danger focused. It's like your roots. Mm -hmm. It provides psychological space for you in your whole resonance. And which, which I, what I've learned is that we've, especially with how you, how psychic you are and how sensitive you are and how primal you are, because the, there's the discrepancy I feel like on the planet is between the primal aspects of us and the psychic aspects of us. There's been like, there's, there's some sort of like a disturbance between the two. And so something about your, your vibe in being able to be both primal and, and your, your primal, you said it, your, your psychic prowess, when you described it like that, I was like, yes, even your psychic energy is primal. So there's something there that's in your tech right there. And it's, that is where I feel like preference for you is like, what's your preference there in your primal prowess, your primal psychic prowess. Say more right there, Amanda. My, my okay. Think that down just a little bit more. So, if you were to think of in your reality, in your Renaissance, in your Renaissance code that you talked about a minute ago, what do you, when you're in that space, where is your psychic energy going to? What is it urging towards? Your thoughts, you like your the, the thoughts that turn you on primally. No, I feel like licking. The first thing that came to me was just licking, like literally licking, licking. Like we must lick Renaissance. <laughs> I know. I love so, it. It sounds so bizarre, but it is. It's something about like allowing ourselves to even find things delicious that's an act of rebellion when we're when we're like gearing up for war you know when when the world right now is gearing up for war like when you describe those mornings can you not lick them We literally were licking the snow, eating the snow that morning, that Christmas Eve, the hike we did, which, uh, which is what I was describing when I was describing that particular like energy and resonance, that piercing blue sky and the white, and we just were eating the snow and it was just like that. Yeah. You want to eat it. It's that sensual, like, and that trust too, the trust. It is. And you know, it's like, it's you too. And something about primal elements. This is a code of, of, this is an ingredient of abundance, of specifically of astronomical abundance. The rarity that's connected to the primal 
like psychic archetype, the primal psychic archetype. So it's like the primal creator or the primal artist. The primal artist. Well, I think that you, you've already, like just by doing this, you broke it down, like sort of this idea of primal and psychic. Because licking that morning or that snow, like when you were describing it, I was smelling it. Mm-hmm. Um, is so cosmo. And now I know that Cosmo for me means cosmic. Which is also nano. And we often think of Cosmo as like out there or expanded, but it's also the most micro and nano within us, the cosmos within us. That's like our unique resonance. Can you see why it's everything? Like when I say like, what is it? It's like, coming out is everything Mm -hmm. it's so powerful well it's such an embracing of life rather than I do find it fascinating how we as humans I, I understand why it's because of trauma and association and stories all of it the perspective we're looking at things but why we continue why we that it's like why why we have opposition strongly to certain things and and wide acceptance for others and not an understanding that we can't have one without the other you know so there's something about if you truly want to embrace life you you if we truly want to step into the resonance of heaven on earth of making love to this experience of sparking the renaissance we've got to primarily be in love with with being here rather than being primarily in opposition. Well, you, you preach that all the time, mm-hmm. which is why I'm so connected. Like that's, that's why I was like, Oh fuck. I found you like, right. We know this, the higher we go spiritually, the more we're here. Mm-hmm. And the more of a resonance that we have that shifts the equation altogether. And there's that, there is that, that point in our resonance when we've cultivated our preferences and our, our urge and our even psychological desires. So our thoughts lead us towards what we want rather than just preemptively prepare us for what we don't want. Mm-hmm. When we are, our, our, our funct, our intelligence starts getting used for another purpose rather than just always keeping us safe so there's a level of like I I totally even lost what I was just what I was where I was going with that but something about allowing our the genius that comes with our gifts when we're in creativity when we're when we're in trust with life and we're urging and the kind of psychic protection that provides for us when I made that connection that psychic protection is ultimately comes down to psychic preference, especially primal psychic preference. And that psychic preference that comes from like where are we're urging into more communion, more 
heaven, more artistry, more bliss, more symmetry, more, more love, more art. How are we protected by psychic preference? In resonance. In resonance. Because resonance is the address to which literally we call things. Yes, I, right. And like we talked about the thought, what I'm realizing is that when I primarily am just, it's like my thoughts are dwelling on everything I don't want or I don't like and everything I'm upset about there's this weird trap we can get in or I can get in. I know from when I'm one, when I feel like I have to think something more positive or I should, I should feel a different way versus what you talked about, which is going just like, what do I actually feel? Allowing that part of me to, to be witnessed just as much as any other part of me, which again, is connected to the all things, like why are only some things allowed to exist? And we could only do that if there was something we were deeply afraid of, which means the thing we're trying to suppress the most is the thing that has the most control over us. Correct. And there's something about like, if we witness it, it goes like this. Mm -hmm. It dissolves. That's what witness does. It's restorative. It's healing. It's, it allows for the mimic, the algorithm of mimic to actually transform into something else. Like all that energy gets gets redistributed to to aspects of us that want to have more life and the things that are ready to dissolve can dissolve it's it's it is resonance it comes down to resonance and that's the magic to me that's the craft how do we how do we cultivate our resonance i really want to anchor in on this because Okay, because you and I sort of texted about like public being dangerous, right? Mm -hmm. Like we do have, and and it does like, so I wanted to share with you, right? So public being dangerous is a belief. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty strong one. (laughs) It really is. So we got to like, I'm going to bust that one. And, 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 that has to be our work. Well, and maybe even the wording of it, because what do we mean when we say public? Like, because I, when I think about what, what feels unsafe or dangerous mm-hmm. is the not knowing, not having the, yeah, I think it's just, it's the vulnerability of not knowing exactly who is seeing you or what their agenda is or what, but if, or, and uh, in light of everything we just talked about and that reminder of resonance is our address. The one thing I know by working with on doing being public and specifically on YouTube is I've learned really quickly how the more I, again, talked about what I really wanted to talk about, showed up how I really wanted to show up, allowed myself to even sound crazy like I got over oh well I know there's people in my own life and especially in my own family they're like what in the fuck is she talking about that's like the more I got over that the actually the safer I became and I feel like that there's Mm -hmm. there's there's a new 
there's a space that's it's connected to this archetype that you're stepping into and it, it's it's having it's that reach of that type of ooh, when you when you see when you feel the resonance of someone truly embodied in their humanity and their sovereignty and their their um, majesty, you know, and their their genius and and their their vulnerability, all of it. There's some that that's connected to the magic of oh, I can. I can be safe with all things existing or with, with like all these scenarios, all these storylines existing and I can still be safe. Yes, 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 yes. There's a dissolution just in that. It's going to be interesting. Wait, but you just said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I'm teaching, I say thank you triggers, but where you took it even more, and now now I use it all the time, thank you triggers because it leads to fault lines that lead to gold mines. Yes, yes. That is such a powerful fucking reframe formula i've always like remember tt guys thank you triggers thank you triggers because that's when we do our deep dives but now it's like thank you triggers because it leads to fault lines which leads to gold mines and so it makes the sort of the apparition of a trigger yes thank you Mm -hmm. right remember thank you triggers remember thank you triggers um well and you know what there's something about what you just did as you were talking about it, when you said it leads to fault lines and then it leads to gold mines, I felt like the, the power of going into the energy and integrating with it. It's that orgasmic energy. It's that space where we're like resisting and receiving simultaneously via preference and, and unapologetically primally towards what we want. And also primally that that means we're primally in our resistance in our res- resonance, like, repelling what we don't want it's that superpower kind of energy that's almost uh, because it comes from the preference the urge yes we talked about this heaven on earth is all about reference and respect is key respect is the key lubricant it's one of the ingredients it It would have to be one of the ingredients of abundance respect and and there's i think respect is so powerful it's so it's i think undervalued yeah. Well, yeah, because right, especially right now, the the power of, um, I think one of the things people are collectively clarifying mm-hmm. is what they don't respect. And so the anomaly, like once we become aware of what we don't want, the anomaly is like, well, what do I, what do I want then? And that's when the shift can happen. The resistance of like, 
what I don't want, what I don't want, what I don't want, what I don't respect, what I don't respect. It's good because it helps clarify what we do want. And once we, that's why the gold mine's there. All these things that are triggering us that's, that make us have no respect. Because I felt like that for me for a long time, I got triggered over and over and over to like losing all respect for, for humanity almost. Like, okay, I'm done. Like what the actual fuck is this? And it, I, it, there's something about that deep resistance within that helps us find the gold of like, well, then what do I want? So then it's like, just in, own it, own what you want. Like it's... grab that gold and invest it. You got the gold, you got the treasure, like right. invest. Right. And that, that to me, the investing of my wisdom means having a future and I couldn't ever see a future for myself that I truly urged for and now that I'm aware of like that primal psychic urge like Rachel helped me be aware of urge and then I think what what finally connected the dots for me is when I realized my my primal urge is psychic like whoa you know and I think I think that's connected to like again that energy of even with like when my mom died, the fuck no, like, well, I'll, I'll keep that door open, period. That was like my most primal urge was to keep that, that door open. And so there's something, I don't know. I weirdly find this weird parallel between being psychic and being on online. Like when you start, because you get to see almost a direct tech is involved. So it gives you like some delays and glitches, but it gives you a really powerful reflection really quickly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's why the, the it, you get triggered yes you're going to get triggered but that's or you're going to trigger others yes but what you just said about that's where the gold is and going to the gold there's something about that even psychically even realizing okay what's the next level then like what is the state of being that that is is here for me in my like spine out in my composure yes. out Yes. I, I want to like, I keep saying this when I, the treasure is me, mm-hmm. you know, for the group, I see the treasure is us. We're standing on the X. That is the gold mine. We stand on the X. Like when you go through the trigger, through the fault line, then through the gold mine, what you find is the you of you. That's what you find. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's where we begin to reestablish trust because when we can trust ourselves and trust even our own, for me, the, the, the realization that the majority of my thoughts weren't for me, they weren't like, they didn't like what I was listening to and what I was responding from were those beliefs that were, you're not enough. There's not enough, you know, like, so there's something that when I like changing the core beliefs and realizing there's a direct correlation between what I believe at a core level to what I'm thinking and therefore what I'm experiencing and knowing that the only way to change what I actually believe, because those dark beliefs come from real experiences. So we can't just like affirm ourselves out of it necessarily. We have to have a new experience. Right. Oh, that's beautiful. It reestablishes trust. Hold on. 
something like I am creator. Mm-hmm. Meaning I get to choose beliefs, thoughts, experiences. That's beautiful. Because it's not trust in the world, which is what we're thinking. Like, will the world be safe? Will I be safe? Will I be... Oh, right. And oh, then we're shamed it. into that too. Like, and if you don't trust the outside world, how dare you? And it's like, well, I'm sorry, literally, like that is a core wound that I have. So, you know, like we have, there's something about for like reestablishing that trust with ourselves. To me, that's where it all is. It's where well, because it all then is. there's no weapon. Mm-hmm. So if I say to her, cause I like it, what can she do? Right. Exactly. And it's the truth that that's what, like, to me, that is what was so powerful about that. It's like, it was the actual truth and that, and there is nothing you can really say to the actual truth. It's like, what, what, you know, I have this, I, I use my son all the time where when he, he is really, really, I told you maybe that he has really, 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 really bad handwriting. And I bought him all these books to like learn how to have better handwriting. And he was, I don't know, he must've been 12. And he said, mommy, my handwriting is me. I love it. <laughs> And I was like, I'm throwing these out, babe. <laughs> like, like, done. Like, what can you do with that? I'm sure there's parents that'd be like, no, it's not you. And we're going to, you know, force. But the, like, that's beautiful. I agree. It's beautiful. Like, oh, these are out. Yes, it is you. Yeah. Of course it's you. Yep. It's preference, right? It's like, my handwriting's me. Well, and it truly is preference because who, these things, this is weirdly connected to etiquette, which is also connected to like social mimic. constructs and mimic and the elitist system and hierarchy and ultimately the black matrix. But it's all these ways we construct how we should live, but we tell these stories. So it's like, well, what? Uh, letters should look like this so someone made that decision not to say we shouldn't have like some universal meanings for things so we can communicate but like the level at which we control this is the right way and anyone who does it outside of this is doing it wrong that's I think that they're right here is where like if we can get you just comfortable with someone's signature looking different or someone's handwriting being and we are I think more and more but like in handwriting too is such a oh it's like 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 when I think of my parents dying even though I have like all this stuff with them I think I think of your mom's handwriting yeah exactly it is so intimate it is it is so it is so lickable Mm -hmm. you know it is so them 
I know I'm going to feel so emotional around my parents' handwriting, even though, you know, I have feelings about my parents, but it is so them. Yep. For um, me, my mom, my aunt, my grandma, they all have, and my oldest sister, Amy, too, which were all kind of my mother's, they have very distinct, all of them, such distinct handwriting. And I can, I, I recognize them by their handwriting. And I think that's even an art that's getting lost with how much digital things are. Like we don't have the same association to that uniqueness. Like there's something so primal, even in writing. Yes. Yes. It's part of the human intimacy. Mm -hmm. It's part of human intimacy. It's handwriting. It's handwriting. Yeah. Wait, Amanda, let me ask you a question. So you said, that one, that what you're in touch with is your psychic urge. Can you give me an example? Tell me more about that in you. Like, like, give me like, just tell me about that. Well, the num for me, I think the main thing I've learned from being specifically on Facebook and well, just being public as a whole this whole time I've been doing this is again how much um the energy I give publicly how I show up when I do it the mood I'm in when I record myself all of it what's happening the context of my life how much it affects what I put out and therefore is is like a code that's in the creation and so as I'm honing and fine-tuning my art, which is for me just channeling messages, I guess. It's conversation too. My art, which is it's communion through words and communion through visuals as well, through nature, through 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 connecting with primal elements and and also like our humanity specifically. I, the whole beginning of it for me was like the emotional side of that, the empathic side, which is also primal, the feeling, the feeling side. And now I think because I've learned, I'm learning such a deep composure, such a deep resonance of like what it, what it feels like to be in the, in the resonance of there's enough. I, I clearly know that signal. So it's easier for me to primally like urge into it more into the art of it. Like, it's like when you start to fine tune your art or like really, um, I don't know. I feel like there's an ease that I'm, I'm stepping yeah. in with my cycle. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I don't, I'm feeling, yeah. um, I'm feeling way more free and allowed to go towards what I want, which before even psychically, I was, I, I still was very um, cultivated and, and I was still serving some masters that I didn't realize, put it that way. And, and they're, they're just psychic masters, like they're deep, deep beliefs that it, for me, it was like going deep again into the things that were the most uncomfortable and realizing, oh, I have a really shitty belief here. And it comes from a real experience that I've actually never fully witnessed. I've only just resented the fact that it ever happened, you know, instead of allowing myself to get the gold from it which is the wisdom that I gained from the experience, which is the entire reason we have experiences to begin with and why it lends so brilliant to brilliantly to being a creator. 
where, where, where I'm following you is like, okay, so my first experience of seeing you. So there was like raw organic. You're just your raw organic instinctual self. So, and it had to do with the Creek. Mm-hmm. Like both those things you described, you were, you were doing. Mm-hmm. Being in nature is a huge part of it. By instinct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even letting urge lead that. Like- right. Even though you, you like, you're so much more honed in now. Mm-hmm. So what I'm sort of tracking is like, you're so honed. Now you're like, mm, now I know my art. Now mm-hmm. I know. Right. But even back then, it was just raw. It was just you being like urge was there. And um, you know, I remember feeling, having this feeling. Okay, hold on. I'm trying to see. I don't want to feel like I'm saying anything bad actually so I remember comparing you to teal because I was following teal and I was like what am I getting from this girl there's so I so I don't want to focus on teal I want to focus on what was so because you were there's a rawness that feels so authentic in you Mm. and I think now you're just you just hone in on it more, meaning the I am enoughness is just, I think it starts with you just being you. Mm-hmm. And now you've actually really, is that your craft? Is that your art, Amanda? You have several, but is like the I am enough embodiment that you've got going? That you're doing more and more and more? I think it, it makes sense because when I when I had the fuck you, like, take me out or give me a purpose it was like as I am like but don't like I can't I what I felt is like I cannot any longer try to be enough I can't try to figure out what I need to do I can't I'm tired of mimicking things I'm I can't pretend I can't be fake not that I ever felt like I was incredibly fake or any of those things but even just the tinge of it around the game was just like it just again that purging feeling I think that's that code of like the grandmother to the mom to the meat to like when you're the one transmuting it out you're just you almost can't help it you have to purge it out so I think the the staying alive was like I'm an I'm I'm and I remember that being my goal post like I mean like my bedrock was like well I exist so I must be worthy of existing Well, and there's something about going to that edge. It's that whole rock bottom thing, but it's like, there's something about going to the edge of the universe. Mm -hmm. 
that right you either fall or you're catapulted or you're catapulted into new to next to mm-hmm. like there's something really important about that edge that and i think actually empaths know it they do because there's a level of tolerance that empaths have for the dark that really is un, un, unlike most I don't know any other archetype for me, like empaths hold such a space. And so when they're on their edge, you know, it's cutting edge. Yeah, it's, well, I think it's intensity. I think empaths are ashamed of, but, and that's what's changing is they know intensity, mm-hmm. like ser- like licking intensity. Mm-hmm. You know, in Spanish, you know, and I hear this from my, you know, oh, it is intenso. You're super intense. Mm-hmm. Like it's a bad thing. Intensa. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, see, mm-hmm. <laughs> soy super intensa. <laughs> <laughs> Exacto. <laughs> Right? So it's super intensa. And that's part of me being an empath. And and I feel like, and even with colorful people, like the permission and the allowance is, oh yeah, we know intense. Whether it be through trauma, like whether, which is why we get in like some really fucked up relationships, it's because they feel intense. Narcissists feel intense. Right. They, like, they push us to our edge. There, and also you know, there's a deliciousness to that because mm-hmm. we know intensity yep. um, and we like it, but not, we like it. It's not that we like it. We just, it feels like home in some way. Yeah. Well, and I think that's also why empaths often end up in sort of a healer role because they can hold so much space. Right. They're right. used to intensities and intense, yes. you know, um, polarization I think in many ways because you hold space for 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 all perspectives and maybe not all but you you can hold space for multiple perspectives in your beingness so multiple realities often multiple resonances exist in you I think that's often why we feel like shapeshifters too and again this is where why preference matters because it's like well what's yours though like there's a point at which you you can actually begin to be discerning about the kind of resonance you empath and hold space for and it can feel really good it doesn't we don't always and I think that journey in to get the gold is important so if we feel like we're getting triggered it doesn't mean we're failing it actually can mean we're going straight into the most useful thing we can have for the journey this has been such a good conversation it has it has we just travel we truly 
You have massive elf elf codes for me right now too, <laughs> like winter elves. Oh yeah, yeah. There's they're a very particular vibe. The the kind of taller Nordic seeming elves. Some of them are really dark too, but they you have like for some reason your pink hat. It's like the vibe of a lot of the that elven energy that's here. Yes, and I'm so attracted to them. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, like I am so attracted to to that that um that archetype i'm just so attracted to them yeah yeah we make renaissance love uh amanda that's what we do yeah we go through to all those we do it like we just do it we do it all 